Fast First point guard and Trail Blazers reporter Mike Richmond. Let's do another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. It's Locked on Blazers, your team every day. In today's show, we're going to talk about the Blazers' win in Utah, snapping a six-game losing streak. Shaden Sharp showed out. Trenton Watford was great. Damon Lord had a quiet 30-10 and 10 night. Just a heck of a basketball game, and they needed a win in the worst way. Or for some of you, they needed to continue losing in the worst way. But they snapped they snapped a losing streak. Good for the vibes, if not for your draft odds. We'll talk about that game. Shane Sharp was great. Played the best game of his career. We will we will spend some moments appreciating the rookie. He was he was phenomenal. He got a big opportunity and he really, really made sure to take advantage of it. They gotta keep giving him those chances down the stretch here. And then we'll look ahead. Uh the Blazers have a, a they don't have many left, and I want to ask the question, how many wins are left on the schedule? That's what we'll do to close the show, prompted by a text message I received this week in which a friend asked me, how many more games are they going to win? We will do that to close the show. But first, let's do what we do. Fastest recap in the West. The Blazers win 127-115 in Utah. You will note, scored 115 points, so they're winners. Winners, winners, winners. Now 24-6 and six when they score 115 points. They uh, they don't really have an opportunity to win without scoring. They scored in this game against the Jazz defense. It's not very good. And they got the win. They played this game without Anthony Simons, without Jeremy Grant, and without use and excuse me, and with Yusuf Nurkic, without Nazir Little. That meant your starting lineup. Matisse Thibel and Trenton Watford at the forwards, Yusuf Nurkic in the middle, and Damian Lillard and Shaden Sharp get the start in the guard spots and it didn't go great to begin the game the Blazers were down 34 29 in the first after one they trailed by double digits in the first quarter uh Chauncey Billups played 10 guys in the first quarter including John Butler Jr so you're coming off the bench with Ryan Archidiakono and Kevin Knox and John Butler Jr and and Drew Eubanks and Cam Reddish and this felt like the tank right this felt like well, if, if Butler's going to play in the first quarter and if you're going to give a 10-man rotation on the road against a team like Utah who's, you know, on the fringe of the play-in as well, like this is a, this is, this is like the stealth tank, right? This is, um, the Blazers still won't admit it. They're still playing Damon Lillard a bunch of minutes, but like this is, this is, you know, we're heading in that direction. And they were down five and it's like, okay. You know, this this may be slipping away. This feels bad. But Nurk had a big game early. He was he had eight points in the first quarter. Shane Sharp had eight points in the first quarter. And then the second quarter, they scored 39 points. And it was like, oh, they're going to mess around and have a chance in this game. They led 68-56 at the break. Trenton Watford had 11 points in the second quarter to lead the Blazers. Uh, he scored 39 and a quarter, 68 and a half. Like, this is who they are, right? This is the best version of the Blazers. Scored 65 plus in every half and says, you have to score with us. And the Jazz in that first half couldn't, but then they got going um, and, and uh, you know, made it a game. The Jazz behind Lowry Markins, 14 points in the third quarter, uh, cut a one-time 15-point lead for the Blazers. Up 15 in the third quarter was just three heading into the fourth. And it was there was an, oh, here we go again feeling. And I think, quite frankly, it's like, if you... You know, if you're rooting for them to lose, it's like it's kind of a best case scenario. They they they're playing competitive through three quarters. They're up big, and then they and then um, and then they give the game away to uh, to a team that's like you know probably lesser talented or equal equally talented as them. It's probably more accurate uh, considering Utah's a little bit better depth, but uh, certainly not better top end talent. Uh, but Portland wouldn't go away. The Jazz tied it twice in the fourth quarter. And in fact, could have taken a free throw. 
with with or could have taken the lead with a free throw from Chris Dunn with about 10 minutes left in the game. He misses a free throw. Game still tied at 94, and Portland just just held him at bay. Ryan Archie Diacono hit a huge three with about eight minutes left to push the lead to uh, push the lead to eight. Uh, Shaden Sharp had a huge tip dunk to push the lead to 13 with five minutes to go, and the Blazers closed the game. The final. 540 with Ryan Archidiakono, Damian Lillard, Shane Sharp, Kevin Knox, and Trendon Watford on the floor. What the heck? But that's what that's the group Chauncey rolled with, and they they held off Utah late and they win 127-115. That's your fastest recap in the West. Damian Lillard um, really quiet night through the first three quarters and did not shoot well from three in this game. Finished just two of ten from three, but still, because he's Dame, finished with 30 points, 12 assists, and seven rebounds. 30, 12, and seven on a night that he was two of ten from three. Uh, it took him a little while to get going, but he helped close the door, and, and the attention that Utah paid him helped everyone else get going. Shaden Sharp, a career night. We'll talk about more about him. 24 points, 9 boards, 3 assists, 4 steals. He was great. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic did most of his damage early. Uh, the, ja- the Jazz had, you know, uh, rookie—he's going to finish, like, at the top— two or three in rookie and uh, rookie of the year voting Walker Kessler on him. Kessler is a great shot blocker, but he is skinny and Yusuf Nurkic, not a skinny person, bullied Walker Kessler, just straight up bullied him, which is exactly what you want Nurk to do. So what Utah did was first they said, okay, Walker, you're not going to guard him anymore. They, they moved him to, um, guarding Trent and Watford and putting him in like in helper position. So he wasn't directly getting posted up and he wasn't directly involved in pick and rolls and stuff, but they kept finding him in pick and rolls. So they had to get him out of there. Cause he's just, he's like, he's really good around the rim, but he's, against like the elite guards, the best guards in the league. Damian Lillard took advantage of, of, of Kessler's slow feet. He's not like, <laughs> this dude isn't Akeem Olajuwon. He's just a very good defensive rookie. He's a very good defensive player, period, but very good defensive rookie. But after they got Kessler out of there, they closed with Markkinen and, and, uh, uh, and Kelly Olenek. And so the, you know, ball handlers, shooters, um, guys who are going to not, Nurk can't necessarily take advantage of, or can take advantage of more of Nurk on offense the way that Kessler can't because he doesn't have that much offensive game. So the Blazers like went small and stayed small. Drew Eubanks didn't play in the second half. Uh, Nurk started the fourth quarter and then he, they, they took him out halfway through the quarter and closed with Trendon. But Nurk finished with 20 points, four boards and four assists. Like he was good. He did his, he did his damage early uh, and then they had to get him out of there. 21 for Trenton Watford. That's four guys with 20 points each. Uh, 11 off the bench for Cam Reddish and 10 off the bench in 24 minutes along with five boards for Kevin Knox who had um, one of the worst misses from three you'll ever see. A, basically a wide open catch and shoot three shot it on the far side of the rim and hit the glass and he what I liked about it is the next time he caught the ball, shot it with, he didn't rush it, shot it, cashed it out. It was a big three to keep the play, uh, help the Blazers extend the lead. He had a layup in there too, uh, through contacts. Like, um, this was, uh, Knox played, played well enough to earn the bizarro closing lineup with him and Archie Diacono, um, off the bench. Uh, your boy Arch, one of five, he was one of four from three and missed a shot inside the arc where he hesitated on a floater in the paint three times and still put it up and left it short. But, um, he played 20 minutes and closed the game as well. Um, they wanted to get Dame off the ball a little bit, and then and Arch was the guy to do that. Uh, it was, I mean, let's just like keep it real here. Chauncey Billups did not plan. <laughs> He's, there's no way. So coaches will fill out the um, the rotation cards. I don't know if they have a card or how they do it, but, but, but most coaches will straight write out the rotation, right? Like we'll, we'll, we'll ink it out so they know what's going to happen. 
the way the first quarter went when John Butler Jr. and Drew Eubanks got in, clearly Billups said, I'm going to play 10 guys. Everyone's going to play. We're at that time of year where we're not very good. It'd be better if we lost. But in the, we're like, obviously, we're going to try to win. But it's like it, if we want to, we're prioritizing getting guys on the court. And then you go 10 deep in that first quarter. There is no way he said, okay. And then we get to the end of the game. We'll uh, we'll close with Kevin Knox and Ryan Archidiacono. He just coaches on field. Chauncey absolutely coaches on field. He rides with the hot hand. Um, that can be good and bad. I think sometimes it goes too far. Sometimes it's um, sometimes it's great because it's like this dude's playing really well. It's awesome that Billups leaves him in the game. So um, it's it, you got to take the good with the bad there. But this was just like a hilarious closing lineup. If I told you that the Blazers closed the game with Archie Diacono, Kevin Knox, Jaden Sharp, and Trenton Watford on the floor next to Damian Lillard, you would ask how much they lost by, but they won, baby! They get a wins, blow or snap, excuse me, a, a six-game losing streak, 127-115 in Utah. Um, Shane Sharp, played the best game of his life. Let's talk about it. This as this was as as good as he has ever played in an NBA game. Um, shall we appreciate it a little bit? That's what we'll do in the second segment. But first, let me tell you about Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. It's the game that lets you become an NBA GM, managing every aspect of a basketball franchise from hiring the right coaches and assistants, trading and training players, making draft picks, navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft and all the ups and downs of a season. All of this in a challenging and realistic game world, Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is a completely free and playable offline game. You can play on the go as you want and when you want to. And right now, Locked On Blazers listeners get 100% free bonus to their franchise using the promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure you check it out. Download to download the game. Visit probasketballgm.com. Scan the code if you're watching on YouTube right there. Or look it up in the app stores. That's probasketballgm.com. Ultimate Basketball GM. Start your dynasty today. All right. Let's appreciate my boy Shaden Sharp. He was great. And he was fun in a season that has been, um, not only have they been losing, they've been losing like, just like straight up. (laughs) They've been trying to win these games and playing the vets a bunch of minutes and going for it and falling short. And that feels worse than, to me, uh, just like from my personal perspective, that is in some ways worse than like putting a bunch of young dudes out there and let them fail and say, yeah, of course they lost. Jabari Walker's 20 years old. Uh, Like, (laughs) um, you know, uh, Shane Sharp's 19. Yeah, he's a teenager. Of course they lost it. It's, it's, um, it's been frustrating. It's been, it's been a tough stretch. It's been, um, a really brutal, it's their fourth win since the all break. Um, they're just, um, it's been tough. You needed this as a Blazer fan. You needed a night where Shaden Sharp was electric and he was awesome. Eight points in the first quarter. He was really good early and he just did everything. Finished this game with 24 points, nine boards, three assists, four steals. He was nine of 19 from the floor, hit four of seven threes, two of three from the line. He played 39 minutes and 46 seconds. More on that in a moment. 39-46, a 40-minute game for Shaden Sharp. He was plus 28 in those 40 minutes. The Blazers won this game by 12. Plus minus is um, is not meaningful in single game stretches. So I'm not going to say like plus 28, blah, blah, blah. I want to point to the other side of that. The Blazers were outscored in, <laughs> by 16 in the eight minutes that Shaden Sharp was out of the game. They needed him in there because they just needed, they needed his presence. I mean, it's all wonky and it's like who shoots and whatever. Um, but like they needed him. They needed him. They need him. Outscored by 16 in his, in his eight minutes that he sat. 
They got crushed in the minutes when he was on the bench. Shaden Sharp helped them win this game. It's because he did everything. He hit catch-and-shoot threes early from the corner in the wing, scored off the dribble at the rim through contact, hit a little step back from the baseline, hit a pull-up and three in transition in the second half, had an insane alley-hoop from Drennan Watford. The highlight you will see um, is the Blazers get a block and get a run out. Trenton Watford pushing the other way and finds um, finds Shaden Sharp. Those two have a wonderful connection. They are legitimately good friends. Uh, in the post-game interview, Trenton Watford has repeatedly called Shaden Sharp his twin. But they've got a great on-court connection, like the, just the basketball stuff, beyond their sort of personal relationship. Trenton Watford is good at finding Shaden Sharp. In fact, uh, later in this game, Trenton Watford threw a lob to Kevin Knox that he threw to 14 feet because he's used to throwing lobs to Shaden Sharp. Well, in the first half, in that second quarter, as the Blazers were scoring 39 points and, and uh, taking a lead that they would not relinquish, uh, Utah tied it twice but never took the lead back. Push the other way in transition, gets to the free throw line, Shane Sharp's on his left, throws that ball up, Shane Sharp catches it at the square, cocks back with his right hand, slams it home, everybody roars. Uh, as the ball's in the air, Trenton Watford jumps. As the ball's in the air, Yusuf Nurkic, who's at the trail guy at midcourt, he also jumps and enjoys it. Everybody was loving it. It was incredibly fun. In the th- in the fourth quarter, Blazers up 11, five minutes left. Uh, you know, they've they've blown so many leads. They've blown so, they've blown so many leads this year. Um, they've even they've blown nine double-digit leads in the third quarter. Led after led, they've lost nine games where they've led in by double digits in the third. Now, that stat, courtesy of the patron saint of the Locked On Podcast Network, David Locke. Shout out to Locked On Jazz and David. Um, uh, one of the best. You kind of felt like, oh, if they do this again, like, um, I need win for the vibes, all these things. Uh, up 11 with five minutes left, but like, Larry Markin's got 40. Um, I didn't even do the Jazz stats. Larry Markin had, f- in the first segment, my bad. Larry Markin had 40. Chris Dunn, 15. Kelly Olenek, 20. Or Kelly Olenek, 12. Taylor Horton Tucker, 11. Uh, there's a, there's your fastest recap in the West. <laughs> the latest I've ever done it in the show. But, like, Larry Markin's killing, right? Like, they've gone small and, and, and forced the Blazers to go small. Uh, Shane Sharp's in the corner. Shot goes up from the opposite wing, bounces high off the rim, and he does what he does. He just tracks the ball down and effortlessly jumps, effortlessly jumps up to 12 feet, dunks at home, blazes up by 13. That's your ball game. That was just like, yep, they're going to win this. They're not. They're not going to drop this game. And Sharp was. Sharp was. Um, he just played with a confidence and a and and just, you know, this is this is it helps when a guy has the leeway to play a ton of minutes and know that he's not going to get pulled. He can just, he can take a pull up three in transition, a one on four break in the second half. Shaden Sharp says, yeah, I'm gonna shoot it. You know, third quarter, there's four jazz defenders running back, but they don't get to him. Takes a quick dribble off a feed, have a hit ahead from Ryan Archidiakono, swishes a three. Dude's got great, great form. And when he doesn't rush it and doesn't get his feet rushed, it's a really good shooter. When he when he gets his feet rushed or has to dribble too much, he's not a good shooter, but with his feet set and when they, when he calm and when you like, you see it, it is, it is a good-looking shot. Aces it in transition. You can't take that shot if you're only going to play nine minutes or in the in, like in a half and you know you might get yanked. You, can't, you cannot take that shot with confidence. Allowing, you know, this is perfect storm, right? No one is here little, so there's there's that backup wing minutes that are available. No Anthony Simon, so there's a bunch of guard minutes available. No Jeremy Grant, so um, you're going to have to put the other, like the Thibels and the Cam Reddishes, they're going to have to play some backup four minutes and stuff like that. So there's just space at those two and three spots for for uh sharp to ball he had never played more than 31 minutes and 25 seconds in a game this year and even that game 
he played the final 525 of garbage time. So really he's played 30 minutes like in four meaningful games this year. He played 40, 39, 46. If you're a long time listener to the podcast, you know I've been beating the drum for him to play. You know I've been beating the drum for him to play. Uh, right, right after the All-Star break when Anthony Simons was injured, I was begging Shaden Sharp to get 35 minutes. And I want to say this. Shane Sharp's not going to score 24 and 9 every time he plays 35 minutes. That's silly. He's not like the difference in in out of the rotation in the rotation is consistency. The difference in in the rotation and in the starting lineup is consistency. And the difference between a starter and a star is consistency. If everyone could play at their peak all the time, they would be Damian Lillard. Like they would be they would be who doesn't a guy who doesn't have a particularly good shooting night and scores has 30, 12, and 7. Like Sharp is going to have stinkers at 35 minutes if he plays 35 minutes a night. That's what I've been begging for. Let him have some stinkers. But then he does play this big minute night, and he's awesome. He's awesome. He plays, you know, scores in a variety of ways, and he had four steals. Uh, a couple of them, just really good weak side reads, right? Like he's he's helping and playing, um, shrinking the floor, as they say. So he's like pulling into the middle, of the, pulling into the to the lane, and when the ball's on the opposite side, and then getting out to his man. He had two steals with great reads. He had one steal where he just had fast hands poke away when the ball gets in traffic. And then he had another one that's just like a terrible pass, and he's standing in the right spot. But good, good. Like be in the right spot, take advantage of bad passes. Four, 25 points, four steals, nine boards. This is an awesome game. He had never played more than 31 and a half minutes. He had never taken more than 14 shots. He took 19. This is the volume I want. I don't expect him to, um, I don't expect him to do this every night. I really don't. I really don't. Um, and this isn't like proof that he should have been playing more or anything like that. It's just the Blazers season has gone this direction where they're bad. And in fact, they'd be better off losing at this point, even though I'm not going to fault them for beating the Jazz. You need the you need the win for the vibes. You don't want to lose like 18 straight or whatever it is, 17 straight to, to end the season. I mean, maybe fans do, but like the guys in the locker room certainly don't. So, you know, go, fi- go find this win. And if, you, and if you play well in a night where Dame plays 33 minutes and you like lean on Shaden Sharp and Trenton Watford and Archie Diacono and, and Kevin Knox, tight. Like, you know, like can't, uh, you know, you... you this wasn't a game that they played that they overextended Dame or he had to score 52 or something kind of just like, Oh, gross. Why are they doing this? This was like the youngsters showed out. Trenton Watford was excellent in this game, scoring in them, scoring, um, just take pull, picking apart the jazz defense by getting to the middle of the floor, distributing, and then a couple look off plays where they thought he was going to pass. And he scores inside pushing in transition, doing what he does, being quick enough to get, take advantage of big guys and being strong enough to score through contact against little guys. Trenton Wofford was great inside the arc tonight. One of the best games he's played this year. I hope that this game from Shaden Sharp means that he doesn't play less than 28 minutes for the remainder of the season. I have pledged on this podcast to not whine about Shaden Sharp's minutes, so I'm not going to whine about him. I've made my case in the past that he needs to play more. He played really well in more in more minutes tonight. Keep keep feeding him. Keep feeding him. We've seen we don't need to see Here's let me make my case. I'm going to try not to whine, but I'll make my case. The Blazers have a big decision-making summer ahead of them with trades and 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 retooling the roster and they want to be really good next year they they Damian Lillard wants them to be like make the Western Conference Finals good and they are really far away from that right now they're really far away from that Shaden Sharp being good enough to be a contributor on that team or good enough to rake in a prize star via trade which I'd rather just him be on the roster because he's fun um but you, you got to build how you build so um we'll talk about that at some other point but like 
him showing he can play for the Blazers to figure out, okay, you know what? It was only 10 games at the end of the year, but we gave him 30 minutes a night and he was really good. And, you know, he had that stretch at the beginning of the season and then he struggled and he had that stretch in the early February and then he struggled. And then at the end of March and April, he looked really good and we feel good about where he's going. He's going to have a summer with us. He's going to play really well in Vegas. And then, you know, like that informs... Uh, by Vegas, it's like the middle of free agency. <laughs> Chance not on the roster, but um, it's like it's that informs what they can do next year. Do you feel comfortable making moves with penciling a twenty-year-old Shane Sharp into the lineup, or do you say like really talented, might be good, but if we're trying to make the Western Conference Finals, he has he can't be a every night small forward in the NBA or an every night shooting guard in the league. Learn that now. Get comfortable as much as you can now. Or have them ball out. And so when you talk to teams this summer, you could say like, I mean, he averaged 22 and 7 rebounds over the final 10 games and he's only 19 years old. And whoo boy, he'll be 20 because he turns 20 in May. But um, like, uh, it's important for developmental purposes to see Shaden Sharp be his best, whether it's for you or for other teams. Certainly the Blazers don't, um, you know, if he plays 24 minutes, they're still going to get plenty of data. But for, for the sake of for the sake of making the rest of the season enjoyable, free my boy Shaden. He played 40 minutes. He played great. Reward him for the rest of Reward him for as long as you possibly can. Okay, I got a text message from a friend this week that asked, how many more games are the Blazers going to win? And I said, there's actually an over-under that I'll share with you. And I took the under, but I might be wrong. Let's talk about... Uh, where I was wrong and where and how many wins they got left on the schedule to close the show. But first, let's talk about FanDuel. We're closing down the stretch run of the NBA season, and it's a perfect time to download the FanDuel app, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use, and then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to three-pointers drained. Plus... FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook betting partner of the NBA. Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers. I got a text this week for a friend. Uh, this friend doesn't uh, probably doesn't work for FanDuel. I know where they work. <laughs> they don't work for FanDuel. This friend asked me over or under two and a half wins for the remainder of the season for the Blazers prior to the Jazz game, and I said, "Dude, under, under." In fact, the exact words from the text message. I'll read them on the screen. I said, "You would get action on one and a half, meaning even finding two wins for the Blazers would be tough." And then Shaden Sharp goes. Goes nuts. And the Blazers win a game in which Ryan Archidiakno and Kevin Knox were on the floor uh, at, at crunch time to close out a game. So, in honor of this, the spirit of that um, text message and the spirit, the spirit of the good folks at FanDuel who offer uh, betting lines on every single game, how many more wins are there? Um, we're not going to do the, the like betting odds or whatever, but just looking at the rest of the year, I think there are, let me generously say, some uh, Blazers play on Friday against the Chicago Bulls and then Sunday at home against OKC and then Monday against um, they have a five. They got five straight at home. Chicago and OKC Friday and Sunday and then New Orleans, Sacramento, Sacramento. Uh, the Kings are fighting for second place in the West. The New Orleans is desperate, desperate to make the playoffs um, after 
making the playoffs last year despite winning 36 games, convincing themselves they were really good, playing really good at the beginning of the season, and then having things go south. Um, after that, a four-game road trip, Minnesota, Memphis, at San Antonio, at LA, and then back for the f- season finale Sunday afternoon, Easter Easter Sunday afternoon against um, against the Warriors, and the Warriors are very likely going to need to play every single game, all 82, and since the Warriors are incredibly bad on the road, that's going to be a desperate, desperate need for them. They're going to be winning, they're going to try to probably try to be winning something like their ninth road game at that point, um, and, av- and either avoiding the play-in or avoiding, you know, deeper down the play-in, so they only have to play one play-in game to make the playoffs. Um, conceivably, they could be better than that. We're 10 games out, it's a lot that can happen. But the question is like, Portland, okay, by beating the Utah Jazz, the Blazers are now two and a half games, I don't know, up or down. They're two and a half games ahead of uh, of the Orlando Magic in the win column, which means that they're two and a half games away from catching the Orlando Magic for the fifth best draft odds. I think by winning one, winning this game, I don't think you can lose enough to beat to catch the the magic at this point. So I think your sights have to turn to holding off the Washington Wizards who are 32 and 31 and the Blazers who are who are right there with them 32 and 40 um they got to get, you know, if if you finish with the same record it's a coin flip but you don't you don't want a coin flip, you want to finish below the Wizards. Like it, it, I'm like I, I think like in general, I don't care for tanking, but I totally realize that we're at this point in the season. The Blazers are better off if they lose. I'm not going to poo-poo a win. That game against Utah was really fun. Life needs more fun, more joy. But like, it's important. <laughs> it's important that the Blazers lose. I'm not lying to y'all. Um, so how many how many wins do they have left? And can they stay below the Washington Wizards? The Wizards have games left against San Antonio, Orlando, and Houston. Um, say they win two out of three. Uh, that last... Washington-Houston, the final game of the season, could be the tankiest tank-tank that ever tanked. Um, But Washington plays San Antonio, they play Orlando, um, winnable games. Brad Beal has missed some time, missed their last game with an injury. If Beal plays, those are all winnable. If he doesn't play, like... Kyle Kuzma stay healthy. Chris Aprozinga stay healthy. Um, You know, it's... It's... They're capable of also losing those games. Um, the Wizards aren't very good either. But I, I see Chicago on Friday for the Blazers, looking at how many wins the Blazers have left. I see Chicago on Friday as a winnable game. Bulls are, um, you know, they got talent with DeRozan and Levine, but they're, they're, they don't have a ton of depth. Um, they've just they've just struggled this this season uh, to to slow teams down, and sometimes they get hot enough to win. But their shot profile in terms of like shooting threes doesn't. Um, um, you know, they're not like, they don't rally back often. They got to, they need their tough shot makers to make tough shots. DeMar DeRozan, a great tough shot maker. He can make tough shots. Um, winnable game Friday. OKC on Sunday. I, I really think we've seen enough of, of the Blazers and the Thunder to just like definitively say the Thunder are better. Um, I think that's mostly uncontroversial. Um, you know, <laughs> Take your pick on what you think, but um, I think that's a tough. I would I would put that in a tough game. I'm not putting that in the win category. Um, I think New Orleans is winnable depending on who's healthy. Uh, New Orleans on the road, they're a team that's scuffled. I think I think that's winnable, but I would put that in the slightly harder, not truly tough, but harder. Sack twice at home to close out that road trip. Those are I would say I would put those in the probably losses. Sacramento is bad enough on defense that if you get hot, you can score 128, 130 on them, and it's it you know it's just any team that you give up 130 points, it's tough. But they're also the best offense in the league. They're incredible in crunch time. De'Aaron Fox and and bonuses and great pick and roll and they've got great shooters around them they're you know 
they're second in the West for a reason because of that offense is so stinking good. I think those are losses. Then on that four-game road trip, Minnesota's in the playoff race. Memphis is trying to get their groove back after um, they turned into full villains and uh, John Morant became just like bad at social media, let's let's call it. Um, uh, at San Antonio, that is a possible win. At the Clippers, um, that feels like a loss. That's a fourth game of the road trip in L.A., on a Saturday afternoon. Um, <laughs> it seems tough. Uh, and then the close season with Golden State. So to me, I think that Golden State game is probably a loss. I would assume that by the time we get to April and the time we get to Golden State, we are seeing a lot of Kevin Knox and Ryan Archdiakono. And I know they just won a game at crunch time, but those dudes aren't very good. Um, so it, it gets really dicey the latter part of the year. So I think I'm going to call it that the Blazers have two remaining wins in the season. I'm going to say they beat Chicago on Friday and they win one of the following games. One of the New Orleans, one of the Sacramento games, or at San Antonio. I'm going to say they have two, two wins remaining on the schedule. That would be, that would put the Blazers with 34 wins on the year. <laughs> that would put them at 34 and 48. Um, that's, oof, oof. Oof, <laughs> that's tough. Um, but I think in the long run, better for them to lose those games. Um, will they be able to stay below Washington? I think so. I don't think they can catch Orlando, but you know what? For the rest of the year, if they win, still going to celebrate it because wins are good. If they lose, still celebrate it because at this point, wins are good too. That means we're all positivity on the podcast. Come back and join us for more. This is Thursday, uh, November. Oof. Hello. This is Thursday, March 23rd show coming at you a little bit late because, um, I mean, I'm not going to blame my four month old child, but it was her fault. Um, <laughs> coming at you a little late, but, uh, we will have a show this, e um, this, excuse me, tomorrow Friday show will feature Casey Holdall and then the Blazers play, uh, the, uh, the Blazers play the Bulls on Friday. So. In case I bungled that outro so bad, let me give it to you again. You're listening to Thursday's show. Friday's show is going to have an interview with Casey Holdall of Trailblazers.com. And then the Blazers play two games over the weekend against Chicago and OKC. So, check out the interview Friday. Come back for Sunday. We'll talk about those two games. It's what we do. We have a bunch of fun. Tell your friends about this podcast. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>